The game is over. Your Bucks postgame show starts now. Welcome to Bucks Talk. Insight, analysis, and your chance to sound off on the game you just heard. Now to break it all down, here's your host, Justin Garcia. Well, a nice win tonight for the Bucks, who obviously showed their offense, put it up 141 points against a very good defensive team in the New Orleans Pelicans. Damian Lillard, uh, look, we've mentioned this before. Those games where Dame hits his first or first couple shots, first of his couple of shots, any of that combination, it usually results in good things for Damian Lillard offensively. This is another good game from Giannis as well, who is... Once more efficient, a 30-point game, a double-double from Giannis. But you finally got a big shooting game from Brooke Lopez as well. So that really carried the load offensively in terms of the starters. And this came out a night with no Chris Middleton and Bobby Portis. We mentioned this during the broadcast. Those moments early in the second quarter where you looked at the lineups and you saw there was no Giannis on the floor. No Damian Lillard on the floor as well, as, as that's the sequence where Dame will play the duration of the first quarter and sits for about the first six minutes of the second quarter. And no Chris Middleton in this game. Those are typically the spots where Chris Middleton runs that offense in the second and fourth quarters. You wondered where that scoring was going to come from and if you would see a drop-off offensively. You did not because of Bobby Portis. So you obviously had a very, very good offensive showing from the team, not just those players that we highlighted but there wasn't a whole lot of defense from either team in the first half when you look at the shooting numbers and the overall scoring. But that changed in the second half when I do believe the Bucks turned it up defensively. And overall, for this three-game homestand, you saw enough to like defensively. And tonight it was the transition defense that was cleaned up the most. We've seen other aspects. We've seen this team more connected for the last couple of games. And that's really going to be the key for Doc Rivers, who, again, as we announced on the show last night, the Bucks made it official in the fourth quarter. Doc Rivers is the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. We heard from Doc Rivers earlier today when he addressed the media, and now we will see Doc Rivers on the sidelines Monday when the Bucks begin a five-game homestand, uh, five-game road trip, I beg your pardon, starting in Denver against the Nuggets. So a lot to get to on the show tonight, as now we know it's Doc Rivers and the additions that he made to his staff starting on Monday. We'll get into some of the things that Doc Rivers said about this team, why he took the job, and if we read between the lines, some of the things we can expect from this team in terms of the changes with Doc Rivers at the helm. 855-616-1620 is the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. I would imagine a decent amount of fans heard all or most of the comments from Doc Rivers earlier today, given the interest there is in Doc Rivers and the connection to Marquette and Wisconsin and the Midwest, having grown up in the Chicago area. Uh, We played some of those on the pregame show. We played uh, some of them on this station prior to the pregame show as well. So by this point, I would imagine you've heard a lot of what Doc Rivers had to say. But we will play some of the comments that stood out the most, but I do want to hear from you, your reactions to hearing these things and what you're looking for now from this team with Doc Rivers at the helm. 855-616-1620 is the number to join us after this on Bucks Talk. I've coached team with no expectations, and that's not very fun. I can tell you that. 
and I've coached teams. You know, I, I think of myself at times, I've, I've created un, unreal expectations, uh, unrealistic expectations with teams. And, you know, I go back to Philly the first year. We had lost the year before we were swept. And then we went east in the regular season. I don't know if we were that good. We Staff-wise, we kind of knew that going in, but we had a shot at it. So that's part of your job is to, to build expectations. Uh, I learned that early on as a coach it was interesting when I, I took the Boston job I got a lot of calls from coaches to tell me not to take the job the expectations would be too unrealistic and I'm like what that's a, that's ridiculous you want to that and you you want expectations and this team has them you know listen um knowing and I'm going to use one line from a coach that I know well is Bill Belichick if you can coach a team where the expectations are if you land the plane and you get off the plane and there's a parade, but if you don't land it, it's a crash, then you got the right team. And that's the way I look at it. Doc Rivers, earlier today when he met with the media to uh, speak about becoming the newest head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks and expectations, look, uh, that's a word that you've heard a lot this last uh, week. And we heard from John Horst and um, members of the team as well, but John Horst, when we heard from him prior to that game on Wednesday talking about the expectations for this team and how much things changed and changed rapidly in the words of John Horst when you went out and acquired Damian Lillard and when you talk about finding a coach midway through the season to step in and take over a new team a team that's dealing with quite a bit of change themselves and the expectations that have been placed on this Bucks team you really do feel as though you need a veteran coach and somebody that has been through that, somebody that has coached in some of the biggest moments, and a lot will be made. We've already seen it. Of Doc Rivers' coaching record in the playoffs, in Game 7s, in elimination games. Um, Look, that's not all on one player. That's not all on one coach. There are a number of things that go into it, and if we're going to point out the number of times that a Doc Rivers coach team has come up short in those moments, we do also have to point out it's a head coach in Doc Rivers that has reached the NBA Finals twice and beat the Los Angeles Lakers with the Boston Celtics for an NBA championship. So if we're going to mention the shortcomings, we also have to mention the areas of success, and that's what Doc Rivers has experienced. He has gone through those expectations and learned how to manage around those. As you just heard from him in that cut, I've managed, I've coached teams with no expectations. You think about early in his career, when he was with the Orlando Magic, he was the coach of the year his first year as an NBA coach. Uh, But we didn't have very high expectations, and that isn't fun. Having those expectations, dealing with those pressures, when it's something that you love, as as, he had said just moments after that, too. This is a stressful job as a player, as a coach, anybody that works in the NBA or in any of these professional sports at this level. It's an incredibly stressful job, but you almost don't feel the stress if it's something that you love, and this is something that I love. He had a stretch of 24 consecutive years where he was a coach in the NBA, going through training camp. This was the year that broke that pattern. He had the summer off, uh, was not on a staff, was calling NBA games for ESPN and ABC up until this past week, and even mentioned... You know, it, it was a crazy week for me as well because I found out 
when I landed in Dallas, where I was supposed to be calling a game on Wednesday night with the Mavericks, I was supposed to be calling a game. I went there a day early to um, stay with and visit his daughter, who lived in that area. And as I landed, seeing all these messages on my phone talking about the the news of the firing of Adrian Griffin. So it's been a very, very hectic week as well for Doc Rivers. But as as we've gone over a number of times, we know Doc Rivers is going to be coaching on Monday. We learned that news last night. It was confirmed today by Doc Rivers and the team. So Monday night is when he will be on the sidelines as the head coach of the Bucks. And the other thing we had mentioned um, on the show last night, and everybody had kicked it around as well, is, well, I don't think a veteran coach with as much experience as Doc Rivers has, I don't think you're coming in blind here. I don't think you're going in to a staff that already exists and trying to figure out what works with that group. You're going to bring in your own type of support system in terms of assistant coaches and, and, and assistants that you've worked with in the past. And as Doc Rivers also confirmed earlier today, there will be two additions to that coaching staff. Rex and, and Dave uh, will definitely be joining the staff. Uh, I don't know in, in what roles yet. Um, this is different. You know, obviously, I've talked to about seven coaches already who have done this, uh, some really good coaches who have actually done exactly this already. And every one of them had – I was hoping they would be the same thing, and that didn't go well because each one had a whole different story about how it went. But the toughest part is that this is a human business, and we have a lot of coaches who are here already, and so you evaluate everybody. You do. You don't come in with a set idea. I, I guess I'll find some new friends and learn some stuff too, you know. And so I, I'm going to open this with an open idea. I mean, obviously we're going to make changes. We have to because I have to be comfortable. But at the end of the day, you, you just you evaluate. Rex Kalamian, who we talked about a little bit last night on the show. Doc worked with him in Los Angeles when he was the head coach of the Clippers. He was uh, really credited as the defensive coordinator of that staff. And you think about some of those figures that Doc has had on his staff, and especially leading the defense. He had Tom Thibodeau when he was in uh, Boston with the Celtics. Rex Kalamian when he was in the Los Angeles with the Clippers. And Dave Yeager as well, that other name, who has experience as a head coach. Nobody is leaving the staff as of uh, this moment for the Bucks. Um, look, as Doc Rivers would also go on to say, there is likely going to be change. But for the time being, he's bringing in those two names, and Rex Kalamian and uh, Dave Yeager, and trying to figure out how do we get all this to mix together with the existing members of the Bucks coaching staff. Even though early on you'll have too many coaches, evaluate all of them, you'll find a diamond. That's that's one I would say that a lot of them is that you're going to find someone that you never thought can really be an asset to you. And and, and then that guy will become part of your, your, your legacy and your coaching. 855-616-1620 is the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. We heard from Doc Rivers earlier today, and uh, that was one of the bigger questions to be addressed of, okay, when is Doc Rivers going to start? We know that is Monday. Who is he going to be have? Uh, who is he going to be bringing with him to join him on staff? And we learned two of those names, uh, expected names in Rex Galamian and Dave Yeager. But again, very experienced 
assistant coaches, and in the case of Dave Yeager, assistant coach and head coach experience, and it is not a knock on the group that the Bucks have. Joe Prunty is very, very experienced. Uh, you think about Josh Oppenheimer and Vin Baker and their time here with Giannis and with these uh, players on the Bucks. In the case of Josh Oppenheimer, now through three different, uh, four different, for that matter, head coaches and head coaching staffs, um, but not quite to the level. It was Adrian Griffin that was a new head coach and assembling a staff of his own that did not have quite as much experience on the bench and certainly close to the front of the bench um, with Adrian Griffin, and that's one of the bigger changes that we're seeing here with Doc Rivers and some experienced assistants joining him here beginning Monday night in Denver. 855-616-1620, the number to join us. We'll hear some more from Doc Rivers especially in regards to that uh, chemistry between Giannis and Damian Lillard and really how to maximize that. More from Doc after this on Bucks Talk. The key is to get them both playing at their ultimate level and making it so they can do that together. That's going to be the key. And not just offensively, but defensively, you know, as a group. And that can be done. That will be done. Just being around them, I was around the uh, the facility yesterday. They're all willing. They just need to figure out how. Doc Rivers talking specifically there about Giannis and uh, Damian Lillard. And, you know, we mentioned this during the broadcast as well. But when Doc Rivers talked about the challenges of, of stepping into midseason and, and taking over a team with the expectations that we outlined, and, again, Doc's thoughts on expectations – with a very challenging schedule, not only for the rest of the season, but the first five, six games, really, seven games, we'll say, that Doc Rivers coaches. When you think about that five-game road trip, and then you come home and you have the Minnesota Timberwolves in a game where suddenly you could be on February 8th. It's not out of the realm of possibility for the Bucks and the Timberwolves to both be in first place in their respective conferences the last time that would have happened this late into the uh, regular season, is likely never. And then you have a back-to-back right after that. It is against the Charlotte Hornets, but night two of a back-to-back, that seventh game. So right out of the gates, a very, very challenging start for Doc Rivers, and the Bucks do have the most difficult remaining schedule in the league. So it is going to be imperative for Doc Rivers. It was going to be important for whoever it was that took this job to figure out how to maximize Giannis and Damian Lillard. And look, if, if you followed other media and shows that Doc Rivers has frequented throughout this year, you've heard him drop some breadcrumbs and nuggets about Giannis and Damian Lillard and his thoughts on that duo. So I think we all know you can probably expect to see some more pick and roll from that duo and some other things. But as Doc said, and he's mentioned this a couple of times, you can see Damian Lillard just trying to fit in for now, but sometimes you need Dame to be Dame. And I'm sure... Damian Lillard, his numbers will likely go up. The the trick is doing that um, without it coming at the expense of Giannis and not taking a dip, not just in the numbers, but the efficiency and everything that Giannis brings to the table. Now, it's also interesting that you know Doc does not have any type of pre-existing relationship with Giannis. But as we heard from him earlier today, uh, there was a little bit of a relationship that he had started to build with Damian Lillard when he was in Philadelphia. I talked a little bit yesterday. Uh, I showed Giannis something that um, 
that we hated that he did when we coached against him. And um, and he hadn't done it a lot this year. And I was asking him, you know, about that. He was laughing. He thought it was funny. I didn't think it was very funny. Um, but so we talked about that a little bit. It's funny. He tried a little bit of it yesterday. He, he had some success. And then Dame, I've known a little bit from his shooting coach. We hired a shooting coach two years ago in Philly. We're not going to say that we may have been thinking about something else, but we're just going to stop there. And I got to know Dame through him, but never personally. And so we had a pretty good talk yesterday as well. Uh, all but say, look, we, uh, we we weren't tampering per se. We are hiring Damian Lillard's shooting coach as an assistant to, to hopefully see if we can lure Damian Lillard to Philadelphia. And then also mentioning the, oh, by the way, uh, I showed Giannis a couple of things. If Maybe you should try this. And they worked in the game. But, you know, I think that part that we did here, is music to Bucks fans' ears. When you hear Doc Rivers specifically say, you know, I asked Giannis, why don't you do this more? Here's a couple of things you used to do against us. He, he didn't indicate if it was Philadelphia or, or Los Angeles. I would assume Philly. But here's some things that you did when, when I coached against you that always gave us difficulty. We never liked going against. I think you should do this more. And, look, it's you hear it in any walk of life, in any of your professions as well. It's sometimes you just need a fresh set of eyes or earballs, whatever it is, and, and you get so used to doing things a certain way, sometimes you need a new voice and some new eyes to come in and say, well, why don't you try it this way? And in this case, it's Doc Rivers coming in and saying, look, we hated it coaching against you when you would do this. You need to do more of this, and here's why. And the experience to be able to lend to Giannis why that is you should be doing this. As he, he joked at the start of the press conference as well, you know, I think I bring that credibility. I certainly bring the experience, but especially coaching the Bucks, coaching in an arena where Marquette plays, where my number 31 hangs in the rafters here from my time at Marquette. I can point up to the rafters and say, look, guys, I promise you I played. I can promise you I experienced all this stuff too. I know what I'm talking about when I say this is the path that we should take. 855-616-1620. The number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk Story of the Game. The Bucks offense dominates the New Orleans Pelicans. We talked about this a little bit last night on uh, Bucks Talk as well. I-, I won't go as far as saying this was a preseason game or felt like a preseason game. It had those tones, though, because you knew there's something coming. Something is just around the corner. These games still count in the standings. That is the biggest difference between this and a preseason game. But in those preseason games, you'd see some things and you'd think, okay, that's good. I, I don't know if this is something that's going to carry over. I don't know if the, we're going to see it at this volume, etc. once we get to the regular season. Things are probably going to change. I'm curious to see what those changes are and, and how much of what we just witnessed here we can take from what we saw. A little different, but, but some similarities there, where things are definitely going to change starting Monday. Now, these games still count in the standings. But we mentioned the defense, some of the strides, albeit minor, but strides that we saw uh, defensively in these three games. How much of that is going to change with a new assistant coach that is going to have a very, very heavy influence on the defense? Same for the offense as well when you think about Dave Yeager and Doc Rivers, for that matter. But how much of this is going to change? And for Doc Rivers, you know, again, making the point of, and we heard this from Willie Green, prior to the game as well, who has experience with Doc Rivers. He played under Doc Rivers. 
in Los Angeles. And Willie Green mentioned, you know, I learned a lot from Doc. I think the biggest thing that Doc brings is a player coach. And a lot of times there can be a very negative connotation with that. And I think especially decades ago you would hear player coach and, and you thought about pushover. Players can get away with whatever they want. It's not the case. And as, as Willie Green pointed out, it's about balance. You know, it's, it's, it's about being in that situation as a player, knowing what it was like, knowing what you can pull from there, knowing when you got to push the guys harder, when you got to lay off, when you need to rest, when you need to practice. Those are all things you experienced as a player, and those help you as a coach. And that's what Doc Rivers brings to this team. 855-616-1620, the number to join us. Uh, we'll get to more thoughts from this game and on this road trip because we've mentioned it, a big road trip. Uh, but when you look at the Eastern Conference, you know it, it's not doom and gloom right now. We did kind of caution coming into this week with the two games against the Cavaliers. There was a chance with those two games and the schedule in front of the Bucks, where you could be looking at things as this is the moment when it went south. Now you've avoided it for now. But the rest of the road trip and what's going on in the Eastern Conference, we'll get into that as well after this on Bucks Talk. I don't know where that came from, actually. Uh, I was never a consultant. If I was, I'd need to get paid some more money uh, for that because I, did, I didn't get a check. But Adrian and I are good friends. Um, I've talked to Adrian the last three days. You know, I talked to him the night of the firing. I talked to him... We talk a lot, so listen, I wanted him to do well. I, I look at him as a guy that he's a lifer, and he's here for 15 years trying to get a job, and then he gets a job, and it doesn't work out for him. And, you know, this league, in a lot of ways, can be fair or not fair. That's for everybody else to judge. I just know him as a human, and he's a terrific dude. About his role with the Bucks prior to accepting the head coaching job is that uh, reports had come out that Doc Rivers was a consultant with the Bucks for about a month or so, and as you just heard him say there, he was not consulting. Now, um, was he meeting with Adrian Griffin and maybe acting as a mentor? I'm sure that was the case. As you just heard from him there, that he had constant communication with Adrian Griffin and has a relationship with Griff, and uh, again, his words, wanted him to succeed um, but according to Doc Rivers, I was not consulting with the Bucks uh, prior to uh, accepting this job as the head coach. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. And look, we, we just kind of mentioned this was a very pivotal stretch. Now, it's the first of many for the Bucks because you didn't look great coming into this homestand, right? You had the two very, very narrow wins against the Detroit Pistons closer than they, they should have been. And I talked about this on the network as well, but you started the month of January with a loss at home to the Indiana Pacers. Then you went to Indianapolis and lost to the Pacers. You had a very, very close win all the way down to the wire. It was a great game, but again, against a, a, a slumping San Antonio Spurs team, you expected a larger margin of victory. Then you lose in Houston in a game that started to uh, potentially act as the canary in the coal mine, where we heard from Giannis once again after the game of, what are we stopping? What is our identity defensively? We have to take away something. We're, we're not taking away anything. 
You followed that up with a very, very bad loss at home to the Utah Jazz. You trailed by 31 at halftime, trailed by 33 at one point in the first half. You were run off your own floor by Utah. You pieced it together for a very good end to that four-game homestand uh, with a big win against the Boston Celtics at a moment that carried a lot of uncertainty for this team. A good win against the, albeit shorthanded, Golden State Warriors team, and then a very good win in the memorable Damian Lillard walk-off buzzer beater in overtime against Sacramento. But again, that game, you could look at execution down the stretch. But for as, as disastrous as this month was really teetering on, especially with that start, you're now 8-6 and six in the month of January. So at the very least, you are guaranteed of going 500 this month with those two games remaining. And you got through this homestead. You split those games with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Could have been much worse. This was a nice win against a team that, up until last night, is playing very well in the New Orleans Pelicans. And you got some help tonight. The Boston Celtics lose by nearly 20 at home in a game that they played full strength. And the 76ers go to Denver and essentially have no one but lose that game. So you now have two games separating you and Philadelphia, just one in the loss column. And you're only three games back of the Boston Celtics. There was potential of leaving this week and heading on the road, sliding down to fourth, potentially, and being not too far out of fifth or sixth in the Eastern Conference, seeing that gap between you and the Boston Celtics get even wider, and you avoided doing that. You do have a very, very challenging stretch in front of you, but you have an experienced head coach joining you on the sidelines, somebody that, again, if you look at Philadelphia a season ago, Everybody is going to point to they blew a 3-2 lead against the Boston Celtics. Look at the first half of the season last year. That was a very, very good team, Philadelphia. I, I don't think you can say Joel Embiid was maximized per se because what he is doing now under Nick Nurse, it is hard to not see that as Joel Embiid being maximized. But he was playing very well with James Harden. They were running quite a bit of pick and roll and really utilizing that action very, very well. It's hard not to envision that happening with Giannis and Damian Lillard. They were playing good defense. It wasn't really until the second half of the season when a lot of outside chatter started to pick up, when we started to hear more about James Harden and his future, that things started to slide away. But even still, they were in a position to be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals and potentially go further if they would have got some bigger performances in Game 6 and Game 7 from some of their biggest players. Doc Rivers was the coach of that team. So it, it could have been a very, very precarious spot that the Bucks were entering this road trip in. It is going to be challenging, but you have at least in the short term avoided that. When we come back, some more thoughts from Doc Rivers. We'll get to those and preview the first of those five games, a very, very highly anticipated game now, the coaching debut for the Bucks of Doc Rivers, Giannis, we think, versus Joel Embiid, or excuse me, versus Nikola Jokic, and uh, two of the best teams in their respective conferences. It's a big one on Monday night for various reasons. We'll preview that one after this on Bucks Talk. I can't wait to get in the gym with him. That's the guys that I can spend time with because, you know, they don't have, they're not high-minute guys yet. But one of those guys is going to have to help us is the way I look at it from afar. You know, you may get in the gym and that changes. But right now, I look at uh, our young guys and I always, one of these guys 
and maybe two, but one for sure, will, will at some point have to help us. And that's our job as a staff to develop them. And it's not just develop them individually, it's more team development, to develop them to learn how to play with a veteran team. And people don't realize how hard that is for young guys. Every guy that comes out of college is the guy on their team. And now you join this team and you have Giannis and Dame and Chris Milton. Um, you're not the guy on this team. And, and, and learning how to play in that role and being successful is extremely hard. Uh, but I really believe by the end of the year, one of those guys will definitely be able to help us. Doc Rivers talking about the young players on this Bucks team. I think specifically it's easy to jump to Marjan Bochamp and uh, Andre Jackson Jr. A.J. Green you can throw in there as well. And we saw all three of those players tonight. But I'm sure that was the first or one of the first questions that uh, came up for a lot of Bucks fans is it's a veteran coach. And, look, with, with Adrian Griffin, that I think was one of the more appealing parts is we heard about his ability to develop and work with young talent. Uh, we'll, we, we all are aware of the Jimmy Butler experience and Jimmy Butler crediting Adrian Griffin for a lot of his growth. But I think that was the pause is you look at a lot of veteran coaches, and this isn't just Doc Rivers, but a lot of veteran coaches, it takes time to earn that playing time and find a spot in the rotation for young players. So I think that was one of the first questions for a lot of Bucks fans is, what does this mean for Andre Jackson Jr. and, and Marjan Bochamp? maybe to a lesser extent, A.J. Green, that last part of it to me was the most interesting because we can talk about growth and improvement and developing young players, but that last part that Doc Rivers mentioned of, you know, you have to improve individually, but part of the growth is also you have to learn how to play with a good veteran team and fit in there because, as he mentioned, when you come from college, you were probably the best player on your team collegiately, maybe the second best player, but you were one of those guys. As a rookie, you know, unless you're Victor Wembanyama, Zion Williamson, a number one pick, something like that, you're not going to be that when you step into the NBA. So figuring out where do I fit in with this team, how can I maximize my playing time, how do I really stand out as a role player, how do I make the team better when I'm on the floor, that's what Doc Rivers is excited to work on with that group of players in Marjan Bochamp, Andre Jackson Jr., A.J. Green, uh, and everybody else that the Bucks have. Chris Livingston, another player that you can throw in there. And we will get to see all of that beginning on Monday when the Bucks hit the road. Starting Monday night in Denver against the Nuggets, they will have Doc Rivers on the sidelines as their new head coach. Uh, Rex Kalamian as well and Dave Yeager. So an exciting time here in Milwaukee for the debut of Doc Rivers. Monday night, 8 o'clock tip in Denver. 7.30 is when our pregame coverage begins. And as always, be sure to stick around after the game for Bucks Talk. We'll talk to you then.